0: Let me just uh, talk to you just a little bit uh, about these first two verses and unpack them for you. This is Paul's greeting. And, um, and then I, I want to uh, introduce you to the city of Ephesus. Here's what Paul says in the first two verses. It's a common greeting that Paul gives in many of his epistles. In fact, there are only a couple of his letters that he writes to churches that he does not give a similar greeting. Here's what he says. Paul An Apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. To the saints, again talking about position, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, here's what Paul often says when he gives a greeting. And he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, in the next weeks we'll be working through... uh, uh, chapter 1 through chapter 6. But let me just unpack just a little bit to put this in context for you about what Paul's saying here, just in a greeting. Our uh, tendency is to skip over a couple of verses like that and just really get to the meat of the word, right? Well, this is the meat of the word. I mean, in, uh, in chapter 1, the first couple of verses are very important when you're reading the book of Ephesians because it tells you who he is. He's writing, he says, Paul. I'm the guy giving the greeting. But Paul wasn't always Paul, was he? who was he before paul saul who was saul well saul was a killer of christians (laughs) that's who he was saul was a religious zealot that's who he was saul was a legalist a judgmental religious guy who thought that he was doing the right thing ever been there done that Ever met anybody, come across anybody like that? They mean well, but they often do more damage than they do good in the name of God, right? That was, Paul. that was Saul. But you know, Paul had a change in his life. You remember that road to Damascus experience in the book of Acts where God literally knocks him off of his car. It was called a donkey. And all of a sudden, he has this amazing salvation experience and uh, he has a conversation with with Christ, spiritually speaking, and and he comes away with a brand new understanding. And his name is changed from Saul to Paul. So who is Paul? Paul says that I'm an apostle. That's what he says in the next phrase. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. In fact, the word apostle here, uh, it, it means set apart. Um, like the word saints, but the deeper understanding in the root part of this word apostle is is the word ambassador or to send to send out. That's why we talk about with spiritual gifts when somebody has an apostolic kind of a gift. That means that that's a missionary gift. And so if you if you, if you have an apostolic gifting with spiritual gifts, that means that you have a uh, you have a bent toward missionary. Activity, Missionary, being a missionary. And, and uh, your, your passion is all about missions and being a missionary. And that's what Paul was, an apostle. So just be careful of those who claim to be apostles today because obviously one of the criteria for being an apostle was that you needed to see Jesus Christ. Face-to-face, Paul counted his Damascus Road experience as uh, certainly that kind of a criteria. We would count that uh, in Paul's life as criteria for being an apostle. So he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ... By the will of God, interesting word. The will of God. I'm sure. I think Richie's probably preaching next Sunday. I think, and uh, he'll be talking about some of these following verses. And and uh, the will of God here means the determination. God determined that Paul would be an apostle. Uh, it, it means, um, in words that we would understand, it was God's choice. And uh, when we start talking about predestination and some of that terminology in the weeks to come, probably next week, then uh, maybe you'll get a little better understanding of some of these words. But basically what Paul says is that I did not choose to be an apostle. God chose me to be an apostle. Now how would that apply to your life? Well, maybe you didn't choose to be a school teacher. Maybe God chose for you to be a school teacher, right Carla? Maybe that's the case. Uh, I didn't choose to be a preacher or in ministry. God chose that for me. I was going to be an iron worker and have my own construction company. Woohoo! hoo um, But God chose something different for me 29 years ago. Uh, so sometimes whatever you are or whatever you're doing in your life, you may think you've chosen that. But the truth is, as a Christian, God has probably led you to where you are, and God chooses And I believe he chooses what we would call marketplace kinds of occupations. I believe God puts us in Christ or in him. We are in him. Anybody doubt that? Amen. I mean, we are, right? We are definitely uh, still sinners in our practice, but we are perfect in our position. And so Paul's going to make that case over and over and over with the word in him. In him. In Christ. Over and over and over. Now, is our walk or our praying about? He's talking about the Christ. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the One who died on the cross, who rose again, who, who, uh, whose followers are turning the world upside down in Thessalonica, uh, and in, uh, in Corinth, they're planting a church, and you see in the book of Acts, all this missionary activity going on. And, uh, and so he, he goes on and says, Grace to you, and... All right. Now, wh- there's, there's something in here. I, I'm going to. You're tall, man. I don't have to hold it up here. I want, you, I want you to stick your hand in here, and I want you to feel around on that thing. Don't look at it yet. He didn't do anything to initiate it at all. Did he? Did he do something to initiate it? Not really. I mean, I said, I want you to come forward. He came forward. I, I chose him, and uh, he came forward and received the gift that I had. My theology says when Jesus died on the cross, He chose us. He speaks these words to the Ephesians. It's almost as though He is speaking a blessing. If Paul could have taken his hand over all the Ephesians Christians in Ephesus, he would have went, grace to you, peace to you. It's part of what we do in our benediction sometime here at New Hope when one of our pastors will get up and speak a, a blessing over the congregation. really is more of an internal thing than it is words, even though Romans does say that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. That certainly doesn't mean that uh, you can walk down a church aisle and that's how you confess. It means that you, your, uh, your life reflects, uh, as Paul talks about in chapters 4-6, through six, walk a certain way. Your life reflects the decision you've made to be in Christ. And a better form of prosperity than to know that you have eternal life in Christ and that you can live it out in your life on earth and someday when we die, we are with Christ that that are blessings that are yours and mine. Alright, so uh, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish up just talking about the city of Ephesus. Major commercial, a lot of people, especially in first century Christianity. There were some pretty unique things about the city. Like, uh, and you'll, you'll hear more about this, so I won't talk much about it, but Artemis, the statue. Uh, Artemis was a god, a fertility god, one of the main gods. The se- one of the, Considered to be one of the seven... Wonders of the World was uh, this big statue, this big monument of Artemis. And many scholars claim that Ephesus was the second mother. thousand folks live there now, and, and there's actually a monument there today, if you were to go to that region, uh, for Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, what's interesting is, is that, uh, well, let me illustrate this to you about, about the city and the harbor. I need a volunteer for this. Let me get an adult here. Any adults want to volunteer here? Um, what do you think? Uh, any adults? No adults want to volunteer? I got something really good. Patrick, Pat, I see your hand. Come on up here, Patrick. Come here. Patrick, come here. Right up here. Stand right here for a minute. Down in there. You right handed or left handed? Because I don't want to. Uh, it's silt. It's silt. Not pickles. It's silt. Just a pickle jar. And Ephesus sat in this valley where in a commercial center you can imagine how important a port is for shipping. And it was one uh, of the most important commercial centers of its day. But here's the problem in the harbor. With it setting down in the valley and these steep hills on the side. And Christianity was about to invade Now, how does that apply to your life and mine today? Well, (laughs) we need to look at what idols we have in our life that take the place of God. Because there are a lot of things that often we make more important in our life than God. And Paul introduced that concept that there is nothing more important in your life than God. And Jesus Christ is He in the flesh. kind of finish up our talk with with Ephesus. Um, Ephesus was this... uh, this commercial center and magic was something that was part of, uh, of the whole idea of the city. In fact, superstition was a big part of the city. And they were very superstitious. Um, come here just a minute. I, I saw your... And uh, giving it up for Diana or Artemis, it was dominant. Well, when, when you take away something like that and... Uh, And Christianity becomes an urban movement in the population because that's what happened in Ephesus. Christianity all of a sudden became this, this urban movement. Isn't that cool? It becomes an urban movement. And that's what took place in the city of Ephesus. People were beginning to put away their idols. Our practice. Directives on how to walk. How to live our life. 35 of them. And the whole context of this amazing city, commercial, metropolis, quarter million to know Jesus, and we are in Him. That's the theme. We are in Him in the book of Ephesians. Has God changed your life? Well, He wants to. And it's not really about spilled His blood for the forgiveness of sin. Grace, we call it. A gift and he just waits for us to say wow (laughs) thank you god for wanting me thank you for loving me thank you for providing a way for me to know you and be in your family and i'm going to respond to that now by choosing you have you done that have you chosen him he already chose you so it really is a heart matter and so maybe this morning or this week sometime when God, our life. We want that to be predominant in our culture. And so God, we speak grace and peace over our folks who are here today. Families, individuals, Christ-likeness. So this morning, we've given you our time. We worship you. You're an awesome God. We love you.